Hello, Peter. Hi. I've got a few questions for you in this latest podcast about the Mead Centre. Okay, (laughs) What sort of building is the Mead Centre? Well, um, to me, the Mead Centre isn't a building. Uh, It's the fulfilment of a commitment by the URC to all the people of the town and beyond. The building we call the Mead Centre is a structure uh, a structure that will allow for multiple uses by people in the community, whoever or whatever they are. It will empower many user groups who currently have little or no access to specialised facilities, as well as a more readily recognised and familiar organisations that spring to mind. Basically, it's a community hub, specifically designed to accommodate all people irrespective of their physical or mental capacity, creed, ethnicity, or even gender. In effect, it seeks to welcome, inspire anyone and everyone. The design of the building itself provides for a large double height assembly hall with meeting rooms, offices and kitchens, uh, um, offices and kitchens and service areas located in a two-storey block at one end of this uh, and a single-storey flank down one side. There's also a very large storage facility at the rear of the hall. In order to to achieve the challenging needs the structure has to satisfy, it's been designed and built to a very high standard of construction and incorporates as many energy-efficient, environmentally sensitive and safety requirements that are physically and economically practical. Unlike current, albeit limited availability of venues across MK that go some way to satisfying the demanding requirements of some user groups, we have deliberately and conscientiously pursued a design that can cater for as many of those needs as possible. Some of these for example, are a sensory room capable of responding to the needs of both children and adults with all manner of challenging requirements from sensory deprivation through to dementia. This will be a large facility, superbly equipped and second to none in the area. There's a fully fitted adult disabled changing room complete with shower and changing table. There's wheelchair access to everywhere in the building through extra wide doors and a lift. We'll provide fully fitted kitchens that can cater for groups from any size, from small meetings to a wedding reception. Simultaneously, if necessary, an auditorium for dancers, concerts, receptions, exhibitions, dinners, up up to 120 people seated at tables, as well as exercise and dance classes, uniformed organisations and children's parties. There'll be five meeting rooms of various sizes suitable for smaller groups, maybe including yoga and informal gatherings, as well as in the reception office and large foyer. Uh, Thank you ever so much. That sounds really exciting. So what is your role in the project? Well, Coming from a history in building and construction and management, uh, I serve as a conduit between the church elders who are responsible for the commissioning and implementation of the scheme 
and Hinton Cook, our architects, and through them our contractors, Archway Construction, got to get the adverts in, and our specialist designers. Any questions or queries that the elders have are channeled through me and vice versa. So how did you get involved? Well, we moved to, Milton, to Newport Pagnell in 2013 and spent quite some time attending services at several of the local churches before deciding that for us, uh, Newport Pagnell United Reformed Church was best suited for what we are looking for from a, from a spiritual and a practical point of view. Neither myself or Janice, my wife, are particularly wedded to the denomination we're officially members of, but rather sort of congregation that was outward looking and progressive. The proposal to redevelop the old church hall was in, in our view, uh, it was in, in accord with our views and was certainly a major factor in our decision to join a new Pagnell and take a role in, in achieving its goal. So we started by usually helping out with fundraising events, whatever they may be, and slowly we, we took a more active role in that. And, uh, and then now, because of my uh, limited expertise in, in building, uh, I find myself in this link role. What is the most exciting thing about this project? <laughs> well, to date, the most exciting bit was, was the demolition contractor coming on site and making a start on pulling down the old building. Because this was the first tangible step after more than four years of intense effort uh, by hundreds of supporters to, to actually get this project uh, off, off the mark. But really the most exciting thing for me will be when the first event, now I don't know what that is and whatever it may be, when that first event takes place in the new building and the real work of the Mead Centre begins, because that is the Mead Centre, what happens in it, uh, and we can then say, job done. So what's next and how do we improve from there? So talking about the building itself, can you tell me what is happening now? You say that the demolition contractor came on site. What's going on with it now and when will it be finished? Well, currently the contractors are uh, putting up the steel frame and that will be finished fairly quickly. It's a very fast process and it's quite amazing the way in which uh, it has come from nothing on the ground to within three or four days of having what looks like the building already there and certainly the 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 height of the building and it's uh, uh, the impression is there already. Following on from that um, we'll soon be in a position to proceed with the brickwork and blockwork walls and then uh, the, the floors and to the roof and, and eventually to achieve a, a watertight structure. Now the current phrase uh, only allows for us building to a completely watertight shell uh, and that is uh, to be completed according to the programme by September of this year. But as we all know clearly the effects of Covid have put this target in some doubt and depending upon the availability of materials 
some of which may be delayed through manufacturing or shipping even, as some of them come from overseas. Uh, we're not quite sure what that timescale will be. By the, by the time we achieve the completion of phase one, we will know where we go from there. Currently, we don't have sufficient fundings uh, to complete the building. And in fact, still required to secure a further, uh, something like 450,000 pounds to complete it. So to enable the seamless transition from phase one, uh, a watertight shell, to phase two, which is the total completion of the building, we need to confirm to our contractors by July, not very long away, that we have sufficient funds to proceed uh, and to completion. But one of the major problems for us is that COVID-19 has severely dented our ability to secure funding from charitable trusts we, who we have been, uh, uh, we've been in discussions with, because they're all understandably concentrating on responding to the fallout of the pandemic. So we're pulling out all the stops in our efforts to make to complete the mission, but we really need to rely on considerable help from the, the wider community, in fact, from everybody to complete the project. The sad thing is the longer it takes, the greater the need for those disadvantaged groups we assist, we assist to, to uh, we seek to assist. Um, and of course, the pandemic has made the need for certainly people in all groups, but especially in those disadvantaged groups, uh, it's made the need all the more necessary. So we're, lo we're looking at several ways to raise our profile and our fundraising. And details of all these things can be found on our website, www.themeadcenter.co.uk, via Facebook, and all sorts of other social media, which uh, to me is a profound mystery, but I'm sure one which I'm going to have to get used to at some time. <laughs> thank you, Peter. Thank you for all of that. And thank you for your insight and your role in, in all that's going on with the Mead Centre. Take care right. then. Bye.